Welcome to the Dry Fasting Club and the beautiful world of dry fasting. I'm Yannick Wolf, and I hope to be able to guide you on your dry fasting journey. Why listen to me? Well, for one, I've performed dozens of extended dry fasts, with an 11-day one being my longest. I've also healed myself from a post-viral syndrome disease that some call long COVID, and coached a few other long haulers with a near-perfect success rate. The Dry Fasting Club is a place where dry fasters from around the world can meet others like them. It's a place that builds on the knowledge given to us by Dr. Filinov and other dry fasting experts, while exploring new uncharted angles of dry fasting. It's for people that don't have months to take off work to travel across the globe or are unable to rent a cabin in the woods. Before we continue, it's important to note that the information provided here is done to the best of my experience and research. My opinions may change when new information is discovered. Therefore, it should never be taken as medical advice. You should always speak to a medical professional about your decision to attempt fasting in the first place. Please treat this information as entertainment only. So today, we'll go over my last 9-day dry fast, which I did not get a chance to review yet. This happened a few weeks ago. I did keep a small journal on most days, which I'll reference when doing the summary. This episode includes images, just an FYI if you are strictly listening to it. I will just change this now to go day by day. So day one. In this picture, you see me in all my plumpness. I'm weighing in at about 185.4 pounds. I quickly lose the water weight and you'll see it coming off. I lost about 10 pounds in the first two and a half days. How do I feel on day one? I'd have to say that it's a regular day one with the same problems most people face. Like, oh my god, I wish I could eat something or stop eating those eggs in front of me. So at this point, I'm well adapted to fasting. So it's just fighting the mental urge to eat and having food in your mouth, which you're used to. There's the annoyance of seeing food and water. It stays with you throughout the day. If you have a job or work to keep you busy, day one goes by quickly. What did I do to prepare for this fast? Well, I actually juiced for almost three days. I wrote up a juicing prep protocol that I used, which seemed to make this dry fast so much easier. You can find it on dryfastingclub.com. And I'll quickly just go through the basics of the prep. It included things like diluted juices, which had a mix of celery, apples, beetroot, and lots of lemon and ginger. Also, iodine supplementation, magnesium citrate for laxative effects, and activated charcoal for some detoxification. I also had a little bit of kefir as well uh, for some variation, although this is optional. The idea here is to superhydrate your body while at the same time helping flush your liver when you're preparing. Also, the magnesium citrate really helps to clean out the bowels and the intestines, which you can really see when you check on the scale. 
it's actually crazy how much weight is just sitting in your intestines and colon. I ended up dropping a few pounds during the juice fast as well. So I was probably around 188 pounds when I first started the juice fast for the prep. Now we're going to move on to day two. Okay, day two in this picture, you see that I've already started uh, to lose water weight. I dropped about five pounds from the first day uh, and I was around 179 pounds here. Day two is one of the hardest days for me as the glycogen is being depleted and the body is screaming to eat. One of the only ways to combat this is to go with a ketogenic diet before you start so that your body is already in mild ketosis um, right off the bat. Or you juice with strictly low sugar vegetables and high water content vegetables, but you can also dilute them. And I'll probably be trying this next time. Uh, it's possible to make the fast easier by not consuming so many sweet fruits in your juice. However, on the ketogenic side, meat is terrible before your extended dry fast. Unless you are a strict carnivore eater, then the rules change a little bit. But remember this, days one and two are usually the hardest days because of the glycogen depletion, the rising acidosis leading to the acidotic crisis, and the whole body gearing up to enter the new phase of healing. This is marked around day three. Depending on a few factors, you can enter the new phase around days one to three. On average, it's best to assume it happens around three days, um, so about 48 to 72 hours. I'm going to move on. So day three, my weight is now 174.4 pounds. Uh, I am basically down another five pounds. I am down 10 pounds since the start of the fast, since day one, and 13 pounds down since I started juicing. I started feeling amazing going into day three, so I must have passed the acidotic crisis around hour 50. I felt much better. Sometimes day three can be a little bit hard, especially for new fasters. But if you can get through it, day four should be much easier. This is, of course, assuming your body is not extremely blocked up with toxins. Remember that if your heart rate is over 120 beats per minute uh, while resting, it means the toxin accumulation is too high and you should consider breaking the fast. Then you can refeed and try again later. Not much else to report here. Day three zoomed by. We're going to move on to day four. Okay, now day four, I'm starting to look a little wary uh, in this picture. My weight is at 172.4 pounds, so I've dropped exactly two pounds since day three. According to my journal, the day so far has been a breeze as well. My first thoughts go towards giving credit to the juice fast that I did prior to starting the dry fast. The night was tough to sleep long. I had about five hours of sleep, which is down from the regular eight. A lot of people complain that around days three and four, sleep starts to get disturbed. This is usually due to high levels of cortisol. 
on a dry fast, your cortisol levels do rise and they can go up as high as 600% more than normal. So the first two days were dreadful. Uh, and it's funny that this is usually the case for most people. Changing from carbohydrates to ketones is not fun for the body. Having gone through these first two days so many times throughout the years, somehow it's so easy to forget how tough it is to just start a fast. Let's also talk about meditation. For the first time in my dry fasting journey, I decided to put a lot more faith into meditating. So far, it is working wonders. I am very happy with it. I do have a few tips for anyone giving it a try, and the tip is mantras. I build a specific mantra for my fasting period that really resonates with me and gives me a vision uh, to strive towards. So my mantra on this last nine-day fast was, I am fasting for healing, I am fasting for my family, I am fasting to be a better man. When I say the words, I associate certain feelings with each one. I advise everyone to work on something like this, and I wish someone had guided me with these little tricks that make a world of difference. Near the end of the day, I have now reached the full 96 hours, so I'm just reading from my journal right now, and I do feel a little discomfort in my lower right kidney. This discomfort follows me around. It comes and goes. Last night, I remember feeling it in bed while reading late at night. I had massaged the area myself, and it seemed to do the trick. Dr. Filinov actually writes about the many different massages that he does for his patients at the retreat. They do liver massages and abdominal massages. This makes perfect sense, since I'd kill for some of them right now. Moving on to day five. My weight is now 170.4 pounds, and it's another exact two pounds that dropped. I am weighing myself at approximately the same time each day. You'd almost think I was faking it. Today, I did not get a chance to write much earlier. I must admit that I did struggle midday and jumped on a video game for two hours in the, right in the middle of that day. In between my work meeting and recording another episode for the Dry Fasting Club, it did the trick and got me through that lowest wave of the day. And somehow I've had an extremely productive day on day five. When I say it got me through the lowest wave of the day, you need to be aware that while you're fasting, you will have a lot of ups and downs. You will have a few hours where you are on top of the world, and then you'll have three hours when you are extremely depressed and trying to find a reason to break the fast. You need to be aware of this because this is where a lot of people fail their fast, not knowing that you just have to tell yourself that this too shall pass. So on day five, I also chose to do some yoga stretches in the morning as a substitute for the walk as I was very tired. I highly recommend stretching. I also meditated when I woke up and I meditated, uh, says a second time, video games. I guess I played some video games do tend to get my heart rate up and a sense of stress. I'm well aware that they are not ideal when it comes to fasting, but I am really using them as a crutch right now to break through some barriers. Night five was amazing. Usually night five of the following uh, days get really tough, 
but I had over six hours of sleep and then I even snuck a nap midday today. So that's actually a huge tip here in my journal. Sneaking in naps whenever you feel like you might be able to close your eyes, even just for 20 to 30 minutes, does wonders for your fast. Uh, some more notes from day five. I nearly ran out of saliva during a meeting at work. My mouth went completely dry. I have to remember to use surgical tape to make sure my mouth is closed during the day. As a tip for everyone, surgical tape works wonders for keeping your mouth closed, especially overnight, and makes the fast much easier and makes your sleep much better. I peed three times today, pretty small amounts, but consistent, showing that the body is in fact producing water from somewhere. No headaches today, mentally super sharp, but my body is showing moments of weaknesses and I need to sit down and relax. Now we're moving on to day six. Switch the picture. The weight is now 168 pounds. Uh, dropped about 2.4 pounds. You'd think that the weight would start plateauing more around day six, but it's very common to see the plateau happen earlier, mainly for skinnier people with a lot of fasting experience. Normally, you can expect a plateau around day nine and up. A common misconception is that you need to regain all your weight before attempting another long fast. This is not always true because the body is quite amazing and will burn less fat and conserve more water when you are carrying less fat and are healthier. By trying to bulk up too quickly, people end up eating junk like grains, starches, sugars, and God forbid processed food. This will fill up your fat cells with toxins that the dry fast will have to retarget all over again. Anyways, back to the dry fast. Quoting from my journal on day six, I am nearing completion of day six. In one hour, I will be at 144 hours and moving towards day seven. This is where things get a little tough, but it seems that if you prepare for the fast correctly and have a few extended fasts under your belt, Things go so much easier. I am basically about to complete day 6 and I feel great. I did sleep from 3am to 9am so I got 6 hours of sleep and this time I slept with the fan on to cool me even though it's winter. I am definitely in fire breathing mode. My body is hot. Before going to sleep I actually stayed outside on my porch with no shirt on for almost 30 minutes since I could not fall asleep. The temperature was minus 2 Celsius and there was snow everywhere. I did not wake up with any headaches or cravings. I did have to go pee again, which once again is pretty wild considering nothing has touched these lips for over five and a half days. I am preparing to take my day six photograph at 5 p.m. and looking forward to it. When I stand up too fast, I am definitely lightheaded, but my mind is racing. I am able to focus. I did have a moment when of weakness when my mind wandered to drinking water or watching Monica drink her compote or make our son keto pancakes. I was getting pretty frustrated and meditation was able to solve that. Movement is key. I believe it also helps with moving the lymph system. 
I still went for a walk in the morning, and I actually ended up walking a little further than normal because it felt so relaxing. Although there was a wind chill, I felt super comfortable because of the dry, fast heat. I do believe that walking is important. I also performed my 15-minute morning yoga stretches, and overall, I feel great. I may try to take a nap when I feel like it. Oh, and I slept with surgical tape on my mouth, which I really attribute to how well the body is keeping up on this dry fast. Also, thinking about biting into a watermelon brings tears to my eyes. That was day six. Moving on to day seven. I'm weighing in at 165.2 pounds, down another 2.8 pounds. That's crazy that that was almost three pounds in one day. This morning, I woke up feeling fantastic. I could arguably say that it was one of the best feeling days. I'm very surprised that I was able to fall asleep since my body was fully awake. That feeling of just boundless energy in your head. Pure mental clarity. I knew I needed to fall asleep at 2.30 a.m., uh, but I was toying with the idea to just get up and go to my office to record more journal entries and possibly start working on something. I decided against it, turned on the fan, even though it's still winter, and put on a Joe Rogan podcast episode. This uh, podcast listening in bed has been sort of my ace, uh, ace up my sleeve for being able to fall asleep during the insomnia that comes with a dry fast. It seemed to have worked. I was able to have a nap the evening before for about 40 minutes, and the podcast was able to put me to bed around 2.30. I've been very surprised with the ability to nap on this dry fast. Normally, there is a bit of a side kidney liver pain that occurs past day four that is definitely uncomfortable but not unbearable. Not this time. I feel younger, healthier, and I, do and I do not have those pains. It must be due to the combination of, one, the, pre the preparation for the juice fasting, followed by using the mouth tape more often, and of course the leveling up of the body when exposed to multiple dry fasts. I can literally feel the experience level increasing when I do my following fasts. Now we're moving on to day eight. Day eight was my last picture. I was extremely tired when I broke my day nine, so we'll only be able to look at the day eight photograph. So day eight, I'm weighing in at 162.6 pounds, down 2.6 pounds. Insomnia is really kicked into higher gear this night. I could not fall asleep until 3 a.m. and only slept for 1.5 hours. Then I tried to put on some magnesium topical oil to try and combat the cortisol so I could just fall asleep. It did not work well. I thought about taking an ice cold shower. It's something I've done in the past around day seven and it's helped me, but I really did not want to turn it into a soft dry fast this time. So I decided to stand outside in a t-shirt in minus five Celsius weather. I stood outside for 20 minutes and the cold really got deep into my bones. It allowed me to fall asleep for two hours. I fell asleep very quickly, but it was a short sleep. I still felt very blessed. 
Also, I massaged myself around the liver kidneys. I felt the tiniest sensation there. Today, waking up, I felt great. Currently scanning my body, no pains or sensations at all. The mouth dryness is not even that bad, which is bizarre. During day 8, the only time I considered breaking the fast was when I came in visual contact with something hydrating, like I saw coconut water or maple water. That was tough. It's a very similar sensation if I'm looking online and come across different drinks. And at night, I ended up scrolling online looking for good deals on coconut water. And this is a common thing that I hear from a lot of people. Uh, even though I won't go to coconut water right away, uh, it was just so fun looking at it online and it really sucked me in. Uh, when I do break the fast, I start with water and I recommend that for everybody especially if you're doing really long ones. And then slowly you move on to bone broth, then fruit compote. Uh, the fruit compote is boiled in a huge pot, and it's basically slightly flavored water, but tastes amazing. The coconut water is definitely at least two to three times sweeter, especially if you have coconut water with added sugar. I do not recommend that. Um, so I usually leave coconut water for the day after the compote. A little more from my journal entry from day 8. The dry mouth is starting to kick my butt when I speak too much. I am, mindfully, I am to mindfully keep my mouth closed, but it's hard these last few days. It's been pretty hectic in the house, but thank God for my job having a slow week and that I work remotely. Otherwise, this would have been a nightmare. I definitely feel for the people working physical jobs they will have to take time off or decide to do multiple shorter fasts with the hope of healing. Undoubtedly, you will need to get to the 7-9 to nine day range for the healing of severe autoimmune diseases, so that's something to consider. I did not get to nap today, but honestly, I am not tired at all. I guess that the 600% cortisol increase is happening in my body since last night, hence my insomnia and the wakefulness. Cortisol is indeed the fight-or-flight response hormone. I am getting quite quickly aggravated today at every little thing. I can smell the ending, but time is slowing. It feels like I'm wading through molasses. The thing I am most grateful for is that my body is not in any pain and I still feel fine. The problem areas are the mental quick frustration, the dry mouth, and the tiniest sensation under my right ribcage. Potential pancreas, liver, kidney area. There's no doubt I am reaching my peak again, and fat cells that haven't been touched in 16 years are coming to light and releasing their toxins. Pretty exciting thoughts, to be honest. Tonight is my last chance for a cold shower if I am willing. That was the end of day eight. And then day nine, I did not journal or take a picture, so I am writing it from memory. Uh, from memory, I have a few points here. I was weighing in at about 160 pounds. It's the lowest I've ever been in my life. Definitely reached deep levels of permafat. I call it permafat in relation to permafrost. Barely slept, maybe an hour. Standing outside did not help me fall asleep. I'm very grateful this is the last day. Took a very cold shower, very invigorating, right before I broke it. Getting ready to wrap myself up, since the moment you break a long fast, your body gets very cold. You need to avoid getting sick for the next few days as your immune system does a full reboot. 
Ice cubes made from boiled spring water. I found that sucking on ice is so much easier to do than to limit yourself with hot water. Uh, if you've ever done a very long fast like this and started to refeed with water, it's very easy, even hot water, to drink it way too quickly. With the ice cubes, you are forced to take it very slow. Um, why do you need to do hot water and boil stuff for the first days? You need to be aware that your gut is weak and dried out. You need to recolonize it with a good probiotic and kefir. And you need to limit any potential bad bacteria for those first two days. That's why you should only be taking in boiled water in both hot and cold format, boiled bone broth, and boiled compote. Pathogens are cleared with boiling. Kefir is great during day two because it creates such a sour acidic environment that mostly just the probiotics survive and they outcompete all the bad bacteria. It's also great because the fat and proteins are pre-digested by the bacteria, so they're in a completely different state. I also wrote two notes here about kefir. Uh, in addition, the probiotic microorganisms in kefir can enhance fat metabolism in the body. They help form bile acids, which digest and metabolize fats. A new study also finds that milk proteins are extensively broken down during kefir fermentation, producing 609 peptides unique to kefir and changing the abundance of more than 1,500 peptides. So kefir is pretty, pretty amazing. Okay, that is it for my nine-day fast, dry fast recap. I'll put the pictures up again here of the progression. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the slideshow and explanations. Don't forget, please join us in the Dry Fasting Discord, where we are building a community of dry fasters from around the world and ranking people on their dry fasting experience. Join, ask questions, and grow your rank as your dry fasting journey continues. Good luck, and see you in the next one.